Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey, I'm Ryan Mallory, and this is my Swing Trading the Stock Market podcast. I'm here to teach you how to trade in a complex, ever-changing world of finance. Learn what it means to trade profitably and consistently, managing risk, avoiding the pitfalls of trading, and most importantly, to let those winners run wild. You can succeed at the stock market, and I'm ready to show you how. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Hey, everybody. This is Ryan Mallory with Swing Trading the Stock Market. And in today's episode, which promises to be a good one, I'm pretty sure it's going to be a good one at least, we're going to talk about oversold, overbought price action, man. What do I use to determine when the market's overbought or oversold? You're going to find that it's a myriad of things, actually. And how do I determine it just by looking at price and volume? We're going to get to that here. And in this episode's email comes from a guy. He wants to be called Botif. We're going to give him a good Florida redneck name since we don't want to give away people's personal identity. And Botif writes, hey, Ryan, I'm listening to all your podcasts for a second time, which is quite amazing, honestly. You have helped me so much as a trader. I can't even thank you enough. From what I've gathered, a big influence on market direction is overbought and oversold indicators. I know you can use the RSI and T2108 to do that, but you also talk about simply using price and volume to analyze overbought and oversold conditions. Over the, all the episodes that you've done, I've never actually heard you explain how to do this. Would you mind explaining it a little? Sincerely, Botif. All right, Botif. We're going to do that. And for today's episode, I'm drinking... Some bourbon that is called, actually, it's just whiskey. It's not bourbon. It's called Alamo Black Label Whiskey. It's 45% alcohol, 90 proof. Never had it before. We'll see how it goes. But at the end of the episode, I'll let you know my thoughts on it as a whole. Okay. So getting back to Botif's email, I do use oversold, overbought indicators all the time. I look at them each day pretty much for any stock that I'm looking to trade, the market conditions, etc. But I don't base my trading decision entirely on them. I really look for extremes. Now, stochastics, when it comes to them, for instance, I use a setting of 12.35. If you don't know what that is, it's not really a big deal. But if you know what stochastics are, you would, you'll know those settings. It's the standard settings, but it's kind of a fast stochastics as well. It gives me a very good idea in the short term. If I'm getting into a stock, am I getting in when price is getting a little bit pushed too far, too fast, too soon? Like, for instance, right now, as, as I'm doing this podcast, the market has rallied over the last six days. Over 5%. I'm talking about the S&P 500. I think the NASDAQ's maybe up as much as 8%. And that's a lot for that period of time. And if you're looking at the stochastics, you're looking at readings of like 98 and 99. Those are readings where, okay, maybe a, a time where you don't necessarily want to go bet the farm on a particular trade. doesn't mean that you can't make a trade. But when you couple that with uh, the S&P 500 trading right below a key resistance level, that's the kind of like multi-level thinking that I want you to do as traders to be looking at, okay, we're overbought. We're also sitting on or just below a key resistance level. 
is that really the time that I want to be buying or should I wait for some consolidation? If it takes some time to break through it, then that'll also work off some of those overbought conditions. And then when it does break through it, I can pounce on that breakout. And in the meantime, I avoided the potential for a much deeper or a maybe even a reversal in the market or in a particular trade by not having to be in that period where the stock was consolidating or simply trading sideways for a little bit of period of time before it did break out. Because not all consolidation leads to a break higher. Not all bullish patterns lead to a breakout. Sometimes they don't do what you expect them to do and they reverse and they go down lower. That's why it's good not to get in when the stock is just simply trading sideways because you don't have those assurances that it's actually going to try and break out. So using overbought, oversold indicators in conjunction with like how the overall market price action is, how it's working in relation to resistance or support is important. I also look at the fact that we had just mentioned how the NASDAQ has rallied 8% over the last six days. It has managed to rally six straight days. And I can look at that chart and say, okay, you rally six straight days on the NASDAQ and 8%. I can look at the chart and tell you that it's well over 90 on the stochastics and that the price action is going to be getting extreme. Now, remember, I'm using more of a short-term stochastics indicator. Does that mean it's going to be overbought on the weekly chart? No. In fact, it's not all that surprising at times when a stock is overbought on the daily, but still oversold on the weekly or overbought on the weekly and still oversold on the monthly. And so what do you default to then? Well, the longer the time frame, the better picture that you're going to get on whether or not a market is overbought or oversold. So what's really good is when you can look at the daily, the monthly, and the weekly, as well as maybe even the intradays, and they're all saying, okay, this market's screaming overbought. That's an easy analysis to do on in terms of what's overbought, what's oversold. But when you start getting mixed readings where the intraday, let's say, is extremely overbought, let's say it's hitting like a stochastic of 98 or 99, but your daily is still maybe just coming out of oversold conditions, then what? Well, you still got to assume that the market has room to run because it's much easier for the longer time frames to trump the shorter time frames. So then the daily because it still has room to run, can keep dragging those intraday price levels higher. And, and you can still have pullbacks on the shorter time frames without really affecting the longer time frame. So on a daily, you can have a like a small pullback, and that won't necessarily hurt the weekly. In fact, you can still have a green candle, but let's say you start the week off in the first three days of the week, it, the market pulls back. That doesn't necessarily guarantee that the weekly candle is going to finish green because if you have a strong Thursday and Friday or just even one day possibly, you can still finish green on the week. I've seen it so many times where you have first four days of the week are all down. You think this is going to be a bad week in the market and Friday has some good news piece come out or a good economic report that comes out and all of a sudden you're back to green on the week. So the other indicator that I use is the T2108. That's going to measure the percentage of stock trading above their 40-day moving average. That's the one that I like the most. I get it through TC2000. You can also create a lot of these indicators as well. But the T2108, there's also different versions of it in terms of 50-day moving average. You can use the 200-day moving average. 200 is a lot more long-term, and it's you see because it's such a longer time frame or such a bigger moving average, you see far less movement in the overall indicator. The T2108, the reason why I like that is it helps me to get a better feel for major market reversals. For instance, T2108, it's trading at 50% of stocks trading above their 40-day moving average. That doesn't really mean anything to me. But when it starts, let's say the market gets all the way down to where only 2 or 3% of stocks are trading above their 40-day moving average, that's an extreme reading that you really don't see maybe every couple of years. And when you get those, those are usually some really glaring signs that the market's about to reverse. And even back in 2022, 
we saw plenty of times, I think two or three times in 2022, where we were getting into those single digits and we saw some major market reversals happen as a result. So it can be effective. But you also want to think about how does this indicator or how does this moving average or how does the T2108 or the stochastics help you in your overall approach to swing trading? Just because I use it doesn't mean it's going to work for everybody else. And by the way, an update on this whiskey, not good. I mean, I'm on a bad patch of whiskeys and bourbons right now. It's just not been good sailing for me of late. Alamo is going to be a no-go for me. Anyways, without letting me get too distracted on that, remember these indicators, they don't trump price and volume. Price and volume is what's going to drive much of my trading decisions and what I see out there. Things like stochastics, it's nice to see, but it helps to provide a more complete picture on a particular stock. Do I need stochastics in order to be successful as a trader? No. If I had to remove one indicator off my screen, it probably would be stochastics. I don't need overbought or oversold indicators in order to know a market's overbought or oversold. You can do that by just looking at the price action. Like what I was saying earlier, you start seeing stocks that have moved like 11 days in a row, and there's a lot of them right now that have done that. All right. Do I really want to be buying a stock that's already ran for 11 days to the upside without having even taken a moment to catch its breath? No, I'm not taking that. There ain't no way you'll see me do that. But traders oftentimes don't even think about that. They'll just say, who cares if it's overbought? I'm going to keep buying it. And then all of a sudden, that 20% move has a 5% pullback. They didn't get any of the 20% move. They just got all of the pullback. And now all of a sudden, they're taking a 5% loss. And it was an unnecessary loss. And when that could have been easily avoided. But something you don't want to avoid, so we can trade in the stockmarket.com. That is my patron website that goes along with this podcast. With it, you're going to get all sorts of good content each and every day. That's going to include multiple videos. You're going to get my watch list each week. You're also going to get different trade ideas that I come across each and every day, some really good stuff. And you're going to get updates on our big tech stocks as well. So check that out, swingtradingthestockmarket.com, and you're supporting this podcast in the process. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. But as I said before, different time frames are important when you're looking at overbought, oversold indicators. It provides a layer effect. So put this in the football terms, and I oftentimes like to bring things back to football because I think it makes a little bit more sense when you when you express it in football terms. But anyways, I'm a big Miami Dolphins fan. Yes, they just got knocked out of the playoffs, and that was very sad. But one of the things that made them very successful this season, especially with their quarterback, Tua Tungavaloa, was these crossing patterns. You would have Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill on the right side of the field, and they would run these like 10 yard crossing patterns with Jalen Waddle, and you would run this 20-yard crossing pattern with Tyreek Hill. And Tua had this unique ability as they were crossing the field to be able to loft the ball over defenders' heads and land into the guy that he was trying to hit. If Tyreek was covered, there was a good chance that Jalen would be open. If Jalen had the coverage coming in on him 10 yards down the field, Tyreek would oftentimes be open or at least be only in single coverage. Then Tua gets hurt, and they bring in Skylar Thompson. And he sees Tua wide open on the field, and instead of lofting over the defender's heads, he just throws a bullet to Tyreek. Now, Tyreek was open, but he didn't see the different layers of the field. He didn't see that there was different levels 
on the football field and he was making that play. And so instead of lofting that ball over into the guy's hands, he just zinged it right in there and got it intercepted. Why? Because even though Tyreek was wide open and technically he was throwing an accurate pass to Tyreek, he didn't see the different layers. He didn't see that there was a guy six or seven yards in front of him that was able to intercept the ball. He was at a different level. He was at a different layer. Skylar Thompson didn't see that and he got picked off. Now, it's the same thing with trading in a sense. We have to be able to see the daily level. We have to see the weekly level. We have to be able to see the monthly level. We have to see the intraday levels. And just because we see that the weekly is overbought doesn't necessarily mean that the monthly's overbought. The monthly might be at an extreme oversold level. Does it happen a bunch? No, but it does happen a lot more if you're looking at intraday levels versus daily price action or daily versus weekly. You can have a daily that's overbought like what we've just seen with the NASDAQ. It's rallied six straight days nonstop. And you can have in some situations, I'm not saying this particular situation, we're getting that, but you can have it to where the NASDAQ on the weekly chart, though, it's still oversold or just coming out of oversold conditions to give a good buy entry. So you don't want to look at the stochastics in absolute saying, okay, we're overbought on the daily. I can't trade this at all. You want to look at it from different levels and you want to look at it with the entire market in view. I've seen us get overbought simply by trading sideways. There was enough strong days to the upside. And for whatever reason, it was able to work those oversold conditions off and get us actually overbought. Now, if I'm looking at it like that, does that necessarily mean the market's overbought? No, because the price action sure isn't showing anything close to what I would consider overbought. It's just sometimes a, a glitch in the indicator. And remember, indicators are all derivatives of price and volume. So it's best to get your analysis from price first and then consider what you're getting out of the indicators. Now, probably the best way to manage or to understand whether a stock is overbought or oversold is whether the risk can be kept tight if you were to trade it. Oftentimes, I don't even have to look at the stochastics to know it's overbought. If I'm looking at it and the nearest price support that I can put a reasonable stop loss below is 8 to 10% away, and we're talking about a stock like Caterpillar or we're talking about McDonald's or Walmart, there's a good chance that one's going to be overbought. Or let's just say if it's with the ETFs of like the NASDAQ, the Qs, or, or SPY. Five or 6%, probably going to be getting a little bit overbought there. So the best way to avoid trading stocks that are extremely overbought or oversold is when they go way outside your risk parameters. If you can't find a good area to put a stop loss at, there's probably a good reason to move on from the trade, regardless of what the chart looks like. If I can't find a good way to manage the risk, I don't care what the chart looks like. I'm moving on to the next chart because there's thousands of charts out there. There's bound to be another one. So remember, one of the best ways to judge a stock's overbought, oversold levels is, is simply based off of can you even manage the risk on the trade in terms of where you put your stop loss at relative to where your entry price would be. And don't go justifying it. Don't be like, oh, I could probably scoot the stop loss up, you know, three or 4% and make it a reasonable trade. Yeah, the candle placement doesn't make sense, but at least I'm keeping my risk tight. No, that does, that's not how it works. The whole purpose of putting a stop loss on your trade is putting it at a place to where if it crosses that level, you know that you no longer want to be in that trade. Otherwise, you're just putting it in an area where there just could be some noise in the trade. It could go down a couple of days and then pop right back up. But in the meantime, you get stopped out. And who wants that? And remember, too, sometimes you can have stocks that are overbought, but the market's oversold. <laughs> I mean, I know we're getting like kind of into crazy town here in terms of all the different variables that we're talking about. But yeah, the market can be overbought and the stock isn't. Like, let's take this NASDAQ here. It's up six straight days. It was giving me stochastics readings of 99 out of 100, sitting below key resistance levels. Is that really something that I want to get long on a particular stock, regardless of how good of a setup it is, or regardless of maybe it's extremely oversold? 
Do I necessarily want to get into that? No, I don't because the overall market could lend itself to a sell-off because it has gotten so overbought that regardless of the stocks that are overbought or oversold within that index, it's going to knock them all down. So that's my analysis and my answer to Boti's question about oversold, overbought conditions. I hope it was able to help you guys out. As far as this bourbon, it wasn't good. It wasn't good at all. I'm going to give it a 4-4. I just don't think it was great at all. I tasted a lot of like oak flavors, but it was really, it was a really bland flavor. A little bit on the dark fruit side, somewhat spicy. Could even pick up like some vanilla, but overall, I did not like this bourbon at all. Alamo is a no-go. 4.4. And make sure if you have any questions, send them to me, Ryan at SharePlanner.com. I do read your emails and try to make every email a podcast episode of its own. And make sure to sign up for SwingTradingTheStockMarket.com. Guys, you're helping the podcast continue to grow and reach new audiences. So I appreciate you guys signing up and supporting this podcast with your membership at SwingTradingTheStockMarket.com. Thank you guys and God bless. Thanks for listening to my podcast, Swing Trading the Stock Market. I'd like to encourage you to join me in the SharePlanner Trading Block, where I navigate the stock market each day with traders from around the world. With your membership, you will get a seven-day trial and access to my trading room, including alerts via text, email, and WhatsApp. So go ahead, sign up by going to shareplanner.com slash trading block. That's www.shareplanner.com slash trading block. And follow me on SharePlanner's Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, where I provide unique market and trading information every day. If you have any questions, please feel free to email me at ryan at All the best to you, and I look forward to trading with you soon.